Welcome to a very special episode of Kitchen Conversations with Shamrock Foods. We are live from the Shamrock Foods Expo floor here in Denver. This is our fifth and final show. Uh, it's been a great tour. Um, it's always fun to go on tour with the group. And we have Chef Michael Voltaggio here with us this time, so that's been extra fun. So before we get into our conversation with him, I'm going to introduce you to who we have here at the table with me today. First of all, I am Emily George. I oversee content and customer experience at Shamrock Foods, and I'm excited to be talking to Chris Casson, who leads produce, specialty, and culinary for Shamrock. He's been here for about 18 years, was a chef prior to that, um, still a chef, but operated his own restaurants in Denver, and so we're excited to have him here at the table. And then Chef Michael Voltaggio, he is a groundbreaking culinary artist known for his rebellious spirit and unmatched creativity. As part of Bobby Flay's Bobby's Triple Threat on the Food Network, audiences can anticipate witnessing his exceptional skills and unmatched creativity on full display. Currently, Chef Michael is part of Restaurant Concepts Hanya at Mammoth Lake and Retro at Mandalay Bay in Las Vegas. Alongside his brother, Brian, he has earned numerous accolades, including a Michelin star and Bravo's Top Chef winner. Thank you so much for being here with us. Excited to, to talk. I just want to hear, so now you've been to five shows with us. Is this what you thought you were getting into? When we made that phone call to you, is this what you thought you were doing? <laughs> yes and no. I mean, I knew, I knew how engaged Shamrock was with their food and their customers, but I didn't know at what extent. I knew because I received a box of ingredients, and I think Chris was responsible for that. I could tell that somebody that, really cared put together this package for me. And so when the relationship started, and that's why I asked for that, I was, I was intrigued by the box that I got and I, I was like, in my head, I'm like, okay, this is gonna be an incredible partnership because I opened up a box and it had coffee and hanger steak and redfish and greens and like all of these different things and I, and I was tasked to make three dishes out of this box of ingredients. So I felt like I was on an episode of Chopped. Right, right. And I'm like, Okay, somebody thought about this. It wasn't yep. like, hey, just pack a bunch of stuff and send it to them. I felt like somebody personally curated that for me. And that's been my experience over the past five weeks. And I can only imagine, as a customer, getting that same experience. I mean, that for me is, it's the hospitality and hospitality is the biggest thing that's missing right now. And I think that's what I felt over the past five weeks. So everyone has loved to see you in action. Um, and even before we sent you that box, how did this all come to be with you partnering with Shamrock and, and really what's been your favorite part about this journey? A lot of times when we have relationships like this, you know, we vet the relationships and, and this obviously didn't require a lot of vetting because it's a huge company. But for me, when I got below that part of it, which I didn't realize how small it actually was internally, meaning like the family within the family. And so from Kent down to everyone involved, it, it's like I, I felt that emotion and so we generally work with people, we being my brother and I and, and anyone else in our organization, want to work with people that we can have relationships in perpetuity, like forever. And like not just one-off relationships where it's like, hey, it was really fun, we did that thing together. But right. like Chris and I have genuinely become friends through this process. You and I have become friends. Like we're all like working together as a team. And I think with the challenges our industry is facing right now, that's, that foundation is one of the most important fundamental ways of thinking that we all need right now. It's beyond the transaction, right? It's, it's what 
the partnership can bring. But I think that's a really good way to say it. It's like our industry is becoming very transactional, but hospitality is an emotion. Mm -hmm. And I think we need to get back to being emotional. And, and I think this has been an emotional five weeks for me with Shamrock. You as a chef have you are you know from the restaurants to the you know the triple threat to all the different programs now that you're part of with Bobby Flay with Guy Fieri you know these are folks that are idols to customers to culinary students right to people that uh, are wanting to get into the industry when you were growing up in this industry who were your idols who did you look up to as role models I mean I was you know I was in the industry I was on the age of like buying cookbooks and like in the in late 90s studying chefs and going and working for chefs and that's when Danielle and Jean-Georges and 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 then later in my career I mean Charlie Palmer I ended up working with him Larry Forgione some of the godfathers of American cuisine back in the day and so and then obviously you know looked up to people like Thomas Keller and just the people that chefs knew about before entertainment was such a big part of our industry and Fast forward to today, like I had the honor to work with Jose Andres, who his philanthropic efforts with World Central Kitchen, how he opens restaurants, his approach to cooking and people. Like I've really been fortunate enough to be around a lot of my heroes, but I didn't know what luxury was until I started working in it. So I had no idea. I didn't grow up going to the hotels and restaurants that I worked in throughout my career because we just, I didn't grow up that way. And Were you so, like in the kitchen with your family? Was it big with Very casual. Up? My mom always had food on the table, like dinner, mom food. My mom's a great mom cook. I know mm -hmm. I made jokes about fish sticks, but when she <laughs> cooked for us, it was an incredible casserole. Or she, she cooked with convenience, but at the same time with love. And I think that that part of it, I got from my mom, my love for food. And the comfort side and of it, right? And the comfort side of it. Mm -hmm. And just that conduit between human to human through food is like incredible. Um, and then I, on television, you know, obviously Emerald was coming out. Right. And you had Julia Child and Alice Waters and all these incredible people that were now starting to, like, m get into the entertainment side of things and bridge that gap between making it, I think, what chefs do at a certain level more accessible to more people. And I think that's the best thing that came from entertainment was, hey, we can change how people are eating, but more specifically how people are eating in this country. Mm -hmm. And I think now more than ever, you can go to any town like Denver, Boise, Albuquerque, Phoenix, uh, San Diego, these places that we've been to together right. over the past, and you can see sort of a global restaurant scene. Right. And a lot of that had to do with the fact that I think people had a curiosity and they wanted to experience what it was like to eat out in Paris or to eat out in Spain or to eat out in Italy. And now... It's everywhere, mm -hmm. small town. You don't have to go to a big city anymore to like experience big city food. Did you do a lot of traveling? Like I, have you done a lot of traveling and has that influenced the direction you've taken? I have, I, I used to have a, sh a television show on Travel Channel where, called Breaking Borders where I would go to conflict zones around the world and I would get two opposing sides together around a dinner table and cook a meal for them and talk about why their country is having conflict. Oh, that's interesting. And so, um, but I didn't get her on an airplane until I was 16 years old. I'm now 45 this week. Mm -hmm. And culinary arts and hospitality and food and beverage and just this industry has taken me all over the world. I mean, I've been to over 20 countries now and I've cooked all over the United States and I've cooked in Michelin-starred restaurants in France. I mean, I've gotten to really, because when I started down this path, it was the only path for me. Like, it was, there was no other place to go, and it ended up taking me everywhere. And it was, 
it started out like I need a job, I'm in high school, I need a car, I need an apartment, all these things to this is what I'm going to do for the rest of my life. Fast forward to like now, I've been doing the same thing for almost 30 years. Yeah. Who knew when you were uh, fabricating deer that this would be <laughs> yeah. where you end up, right? And that's what you do to survive, you know? And I think you'll see that a lot in the tra as our industry is transitioning and going through hardships. You, we figure it out. Our industry figures it out. So, I mean, we've talked about, uh, you know, the, the shows, obviously, that are airing today, as well as the ones you've been on, uh, your multiple restaurant openings, you've written a cookbook as well. Um, what do you think has been the most significant achievement that you've, you know, that you've overcome or have, have done? I mean, for me, if, if, if you asked me that question 10 years ago, I would have had a different answer. I mean, I had all these goals set for myself. I always wanted to win Food & Wine's Best New Chef, and I was able to win that. I always wanted a Michelin star. I got that. I always wanted, to, like, I wanted these things. And then once you got through all of that, and I'm not bragging about it, I'm saying in your mind you build up these goals for yourself, and as you achieve them, you think, okay, what's next, what's next, what's next? For me, there's nothing better than cooking a dish for someone and seeing them react to it. And I think my goal now is to get as much food to as many people as possible, whether it's down on Skid Row when I go help the LA Mission or in one of our restaurants, is just still just getting to cook for people. And I think that that's... That's a part of what we do that is getting lost a lot. I think chefs oftentimes are cooking less, which is weird to me. I think that we need to get back in the kitchen. I think it's just, it says so much about you and I, what I've experienced personally working with you over the last six weeks is that when you're directly asked what your biggest accomplishment is, it's not even about you. It's about the accomplishment that you create and, and achieve with someone else through the vehicle of cooking. Um, it, it's just, you, when you look at like achievements in your career, to me, I compare it to like life. Like you want a car, you want a house, you want a watch, you want you want these things, and you realize that the journey of getting them or getting to them was more valuable than having Absolutely. them. Absolutely. And so nope. that, to me, is the biggest thing that I've gotten from my entire career was the path I've taken to get there, and I wouldn't change any of it. And some of it was is super hard. Well, and you have a lot of folks, um, both even here at at our food expo. Um, but just out in the industry that want to start their own establishments, right? Want to get into it, don't really know how. Um, you know, what, what advice would you have for someone, you know, as, as you talk about that journey? What would you tell them? To, where would they start? I think the most important thing is making sure you have the right support system around you. You can't do this by yourself anymore. It's too, it's too hard. And I mean that from the investor side to the team that you go into this with to surround yourself with like-minded people that want to achieve the same thing that you want to achieve. I also feel like building developers have a big responsibility now, and I think there's a good opportunity for people that want to start out to start challenging those building developers to like start getting involved in it too. All these massive buildings are going up everywhere, and the rents are super high, and chefs or restaurateurs are going out and seeking investment. Maybe go talk to the owners of those buildings or the developers and see if there's a deal to be made there too. And sometimes they need you there as much as you need to be in there. Right. Mm -hmm. So yeah. it, we all have to work together to keep this industry alive, but it starts with having good people around you. And it's a tough industry. I mean, I speak from experience as well, right? Uh, long, long days, uh, hard floors, all the things that really kind of take their toll. Um, a right. lot so of chefs- you don't love food and you don't love people, then don't do it. Right, this. then don't do it. <laughs> right. But a lot of chefs, uh, even that do love food and love people, ultimately experience a burnout time, right? Um, 
has there ever been a time that you thought you might step away from this industry? I did, and but but I don't have anywhere to go. And so for me, what I've done is I've gotten creative within my own industry. What other things can I get involved in in the industry that can keep me stimulated? It could be coming to an event like this and showing up for the Shamrock Expo and walking around and seeing what other people are doing. Sometimes you can get inspired just by doing that. But I've, if I find myself getting complacent, I don't give up. I just focus on something else for a little bit and then go back to it. Mm -hmm. And it's almost like when you go on vacation and you come back from vacation, you're like refreshed and you want right. to get back to your life. Right. Re-energized. you can do that within your own career. And as far as this industry goes, because there's so many different areas within it, right? It's not just independent restaurants. And even through our customer base you see here, I mean, it's, it's, it's a magnitude of, of lots of different types of, of operators. Um, what would you say, though, that would be your advice in being successful in running a restaurant, what do they need to know to be successful, right? Okay. We talked about getting good people around you, good support system, but is there something that really stands out when you're opening up a restaurant or, or really getting into this industry that it's like, okay, that's the silver bullet? I think the number one turning point in my career and the biggest thing I learned was listening to my customer. I used to be one of those people, and don't let your ego get in the way of your ability to hear your customer, I think is the best right? piece of advice because I used to read reviews and be like, oh, that person doesn't know what they're talking about, or this person's, oh, they don't care. Like, but the reality is, is they're a paying customer and they had that feeling when, when they experienced it. And sometimes you can go through and look for the consistencies in those sort of critiques. And if you fail at something, it doesn't mean you should stop doing it too. It means you should maybe figure out a different way to do it. And so failure doesn't mean necessarily like give up. Failure could mean try it a different way. Also. Again, I'll go back to people. Like, it's important to like, bounce your ideas off of someone else. I think that there's the artistry of what we do, but then there's the reality of what we do. And we are in the business of selling food and drink and a place for somebody to enjoy on an occasion. Right. So we have to go into it with the mindset of we do have something that we are selling and it is up to us to make sure that we take that responsibility seriously. I. As much as it hurts for me to read Yelp reviews and things like that, or read TripAdvisor, or read all these things, I have to. It's it my can't be easy. Yeah, it's no. probably not easy and to it's, do. It's, I, one time I was giving Brad Pitt cooking lessons at his house, and he <laughs> said to me, do you read all the stuff that people write about you? Right. And I'm like, yeah, every word. And he goes, stop. In your mind, you're like, well, I don't want to read it because it's going to hurt me. But, but the reality is, is, as an entrepreneur, as a business owner, or as a manager, it made me better because... I knew that this was a tool that I could learn from. Well, right, if your vision isn't translating in the way that you had intended it to the recipient, then it, you, there's probably something that needs to be adjusted. So it's healthy to take that in. But I think the lesson there was don't take it personally. Right, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. It's a balancing act chefs know so well. Attempting to consistently deliver big, complex flavors that wow guests with limited time, labor, and resources. You're not one to cut corners, especially when it comes to the food that you've spent your career perfecting. Enter Miner's Classical Reductions. It's your secret weapon, saving you a whole lot of time and effort while delivering robust, complex flavors. Swap out your everyday stocks with stocks made from Miner's Classical Reductions and see the depth of flavor in your dishes grow. Versatility is key, and our Miner's Classical Reductions elevate any dish by delivering slow-simmered flavor with ease. And with our Miner's Classical Reductions, chefs can feel really good about what they're serving to their guests. What are you waiting for? Give Miner's Classical Reductions a try. 
So let's shift gears just a little bit, right? So this expo and all the customers, I mean, you were in Arizona last week and, and what a great show, right? The floor's full. Um, the whole idea here is for us to show our customers new ideas, trends, um, maybe it's a new product that we're unveiling here, right? And you've been able to walk the floor a little bit. That's also, you know, some of these items are how we put together the box that I sent to you. Um, was there anything that stood out to you? Anything that you've seen, whether it's from display to product, anything like that? For me, I think it's, the, it's all of it, and I'll say this, because the consistency of quality from booth to booth to booth is, is the same. Like, the seafood from Pier 22, and the, the meat display at Gold Canyon, the produce, like, everything that I've walked around and touched and filled and smelled and tasted has been pristine and perfect. I also feel like when you gather this many people together, you've got 3,000 plus 4,000 people that are now going to go back to wherever they came from. One, they're getting re-energized to go back to their establishments. Two, they're taking some of this information and excitement hopefully back to their teams and sharing that with them. And so I think we need to do more things like this and, and get back to like getting together and just sharing. Right. And three, they're going to go back to their restaurant and microwave bananas. I hope so. Yep. Yeah, I hope that's so. the biggest thing I'm taking away from I hope, this. I hope. So how do you see you know, the food trends? Because they, they kind of go in, in waves, right? How do you see them evolving over the next few years? We know that you know, a lot of stuff, even when we talked about the produce booth, you came up to me last week and you're like, man, I, I'm seeing things here that I haven't you know, seen at shows like this, right? Some of the specialty produce and that. You, know, and we you and I talked about the fact that some, some of these items came to be because someone like yourself traveled to you know, some little island and, yeah. and found something that and was just indigenous to, to that one this. place. Yeah. And you came back and said, find this for me, yeah. right? And, and so, I mean, you know, those, are the, those are the things that really evolve into trends is when they find that kind of stuff. Um, what do you see being the next evolution of trends in, in our industry, right? And it doesn't have to be at the top level. It can be anywhere. I mean, I think the biggest thing people are looking for right now is perceived value, and that's just in life. And yep. So how do you deliver that? I think vegetables are becoming something that is is very sort of trendy, but for good reason. One, it's healthier for, for us, and two, like, it, it, it's hard to carry that much, so much protein anymore. Protein is expensive, and so I think we're gonna start to see more alternatives to protein on a lot of menus, and you'll see less of it, I think, Outside of steakhouses, you'll see a little bit less, I think, proteins across the board. And that's why pizza and pasta and all these things continue to thrive, because they're hearty and they fill you up and they're, they're not inexpensive to produce anymore, but the raw goods don't cost as much. Now, one thing I hope to see go away about food trends is the idea of it. Like, I think that things that become trendy should stay and not go anywhere. And I think going back in time, and we do that with one of our restaurants now and researching older ingredients that were used that became trendy and went away like pork belly or right. bacon wrapped scallops or whatever it was that like became uncool because it was on every menu. Well, there was a reason why Caesar salad is still on every menu. Right. Like where's the next, where's the, re where, where's the Caesar salad? Right. You know what I mean? And I think more dishes like mm -hmm. that, I think we need that where people can go around and as we travel more, you can see like Turkey Club, Caesar salad, and chicken fingers are on like every menu everywhere you go. But, but now people have graduated from chicken tenders and turkey clubs. So where are those dishes that travel with the Caesar salad everywhere? And I mm -hmm. think I'd love to see more of that. That's exciting, that's really exciting. I would ask you the same question, as Chris. What as, do you think? As far as, okay, so I agree that trends, I think it's a very loose term to begin with, right? Um, I, 
I think the evolution of food, it, people are becoming more educated, sure. right? And a lot of it has to do with the media and you know what, what you guys are doing on, on TV. I have friends who knew nothing about cooking and now when I'm home cooking and they're over at my house, they're talking to me about what I'm doing because they finally understand it. It's not, it's mm -hmm. not foreign to them. Um, I, I really think the trend is not going to be necessarily a product or a, uh, you know, a, a, a region of food. I think it's going to be more around the education and people just continuing to evolve. You know, you're seeing a lot more people cooking at home. And part of it's economics, but part of it's also because they feel like they know more and that they're, they're willing to, to, yeah. to give it a shot. Maybe just a general overall elevated awareness for where the food's coming from, how it's prepared, right. what they, how, just trends in general, just the, the TV we think the they're story, watching. And, yeah, right? We always exactly. talk about the story, whether, whether it's the farmer who is growing this, this unique produce item, whether it is the rancher that is producing this breed of, of you know, cattle and, and that. I, we just, you know, to me, I think that the story really is what people want to hear. So now I'm going to follow this back up to you with what, what do you think your favorite ingredient is going to be coming up here in 2024? I mean, my favorite ingredient the past five weeks has been, I'm not just saying the shamrock heavy cream. Like it really has made a difference in how I look at heavy cream. And I think those type of solutions where you have an, an incredible product that, that is, you can solve so many things with. I mean, yes, the ready, set, serve and all those sort of things. But I just... I'm, that heavy cream I've made, I don't know how many different dishes yeah, out we're going to have to send some yeah. to your house again. I understand. I, and, like, yeah. I've made sour cream with it at my house. I've left it out. Like, I've, tr I've played with this. And we so talked about that the very yeah. first day because I said it's different than anything that you'll have ever And I didn't with. believe you, to be honest. <laughs> I know. And, you were, and it was. You know what I mean? But I was like, okay. And that's where I got excited because when you can start with a product and you, again, can keep that consistent thread of quality through everything else that you do, you get this. And there's oh, 4,000 awesome. people here celebrating you guys. So we have just a, a few more minutes left. I do have one last question, and it can be very short, right? Now that we're done with the Expos, um, uh, it's, it's a little bittersweet for me as well because I've really enjoyed this. But what's next on the horizon for you? I mean, I go back. We shoot the next season of Triple Threat. Um, I've got some other television projects in the works. Back in, going back to work. I'm going back to the restaurants, too. I'm going back to work. And then, um, you know, we're not done because I'm going to be a customer and I'm going to be a friend of the company. And uh, these past five weeks with Shamrock have been incredible for it's me. It's been awesome. Great. Well, thank you so much for joining. We, we just have fallen in love with you. Yeah. So thank We're not you saying so goodbye. much for being this here. This isn't goodbye. Well, yeah. thank you for joining us on this very special episode of Kitchen Conversations and for our 2023 Expo season. Uh, thank you so much. Chris, thank you. Um, both of you, truly just inspiring chefs and um, Look Our customers learn a lot are, from this. Look how many yeah. people are here. No, I mean, just I mean, look around. They're all here no, to talk about food. Like, these are it's so fun. The fact that we can get together in our industry and do this together is why it, we do what we do. It absolutely is. So thank you to thank all you. who have tuned in and enjoyed the show. Share it with a friend. If you have a topic or a question in mind for future shows, hit us up on Instagram at Shamrock Foods, and we will see you soon. Great. Thank you. Thank you, thank you so much.